hear the scripture lesson from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12, verses 1 through 10. It is necessary to boast. Nothing is to be gained by it, but I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a person in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that such a person, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. Was caught up into paradise and heard things that are not to be told that no mortal is permitted to repeat. On behalf of such a one, I will boast. But I on my own behalf will not boast, except of my weaknesses. But if I wish to boast, I will not be a fool, for I think be speaking the truth. But I refrain from it so that no one may think better of me than what is seen in me or heard from me, even considering the exceptional character of the revelations. Therefore, to keep me from being too elated, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from being too elated. Three times I appealed to the Lord about this, that it would leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. So I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities for the sake of Christ. For whenever I am weak, then I am strong. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. There's a lot of stuff in this passage that Paul writes. And I'll go ahead and tell you, I don't know anything about that third heaven stuff. It's what Paul is saying, and I'm going to go with it because he had the, the vision I did not. But I don't think that's the point. I think the point that Paul is wanting us to understand is something that is foundational to our faith that we sing about, we preach about, we talk about. But you know what? Sometimes it's really hard to live into it. And that is that Christ builds on brokenness. We're in the middle of a um, sermon series for Lent. We're in the middle of a, of a Lenten Bible study on Sunday mornings during the Sunday school hour that's entitled Lessons from the Carpenter. And it talks about how Christ, being a carpenter, was just perfect for the work that Christ had come to do. And one of the things that we have to understand about a carpenter in first century Palestine, as Christ would have been, is he wouldn't have just been a carpenter, he would have been a builder. Uh, wood was incredibly scarce. Um, it was incredibly hard to come by. It was incredibly expensive. And so one of the things would be is that Christ would build with wood when wood was available, or he would build with stone, or he would build with brick. But one of the things that was that's evident uh, uh, from archaeological evidence is that very few things went to waste. Things were repurposed. Things were reused. Things were reclaimed. If it broke, it was fixed. It wasn't just thrown away, which is something very different in our modern age, right? I mean, I'm sure some of you remember when there was TV repair shops because when you purchased a TV and it stopped working, you took it to a repair person to fix it. And now then, you just chunk it in the garbage can and go purchase another one. Nothing got left to waste back when Jesus walked the earth. That is the entire purpose why Christ came. That's the whole bit. The world was fallen. 
Sin reigned. Genesis chapter 3 is where it comes in. The old covenant was given. and The law was established. But it wasn't enough. The prophets were sent. And it wasn't enough. So God took on flesh and came to dwell among us and made us right with God through him. The entire ministry of Christ is built on building on brokenness. Now, I told y'all last week that I like to dabble in woodwork and that I especially like building guitars. And I had a couple of folks say, so when we're going to see it, so here is, here is a guitar that I built. I'm not playing it this morning. I'm not going to give Patrick a heart attack. <laughs> this is a guitar that I built. It's built out of reclaimed wood, wood that was no good, taken out of a torn down structure uh, that did not have any other, any other purpose as far as construction building is concerned. It was warped, it's, it's dried out, it's broken, and it's no purpose. Mm. But, when you take that same wood and you cut it in the right places and you joint it and you sand it and you fit it together, oh, it might not have worked for another barn. Sorry, Paul, I'm not trying to boast. But I think it makes a pretty nice guitar, don't it? It's wonderful a new purpose, and a new meaning. We're not at Easter yet. We're on the journey to it. But what we're journeying to is the fact that we are given new life in Christ. That what we were before goes away, and we are giving a new life. Christ doesn't just patch us up the best he can. He transforms us into something new to something wonderful, to something that he intended us to be. And it's all built on brokenness. I find it funny that that is the heart of the gospel message. And we are a gospel people. In fact, we are an Easter people. Have you ever noticed that we say that there's 40 days to Lent, but there's actually 46 when you count it? Have you, ever, have you ever noticed that one? Do you know why there's only 40 days in Lent when there's actually 46 days from Ash Wednesday to Easter Sunday? Because Sundays don't count. Sundays don't count. So if you gave up chocolate for Lent, today you get a pass. Because every single Sunday in our tradition, even during the season of Lent, is a little mini Easter. Every single Sunday, we gather in the very real presence and promise of the risen Lord. And every single Sunday, we believe that God is at work in us and through us and for us, and even in spite of us. I find it funny that a church that has that as its foundation wants to feel like that we have to come in and act like we have it all together when we don't. 
you don't have to have it all together all the time. It's not that we get ourselves all nice and cleaned up and then come to Christ and Christ does something with us. It's simply that we come to Christ. And in the hands of a master carpenter, whatever is broken or warped or twisted or not fit for something else becomes perfectly crafted into what God intends for it to be. This Lenten journey is more than just a celebration in the church year or a season of fasting or a time where we get ready for Easter. Trust me, there's a lot of that that is going on. We are getting ready for Easter. But it's an invitation. It's an invitation to remember that you yourself are both sinful and have made mistakes and are broken. It's an invitation to admit that in a world where that is seen as weakness, we see it as grace. And it's also an invitation for you to renew your life to Christ, to trust that God is at work in the midst of that, whatever that is for you, and that God can and will do something absolutely amazing with what you bring. It's not what we bring to Christ that makes it holy. It's simply that we come to Christ and Christ in grace does something amazing in us. That's really what Paul is getting to in the passage. I know there's a lot of other fun stuff in there that we would love to talk about and you're going to find someone a whole lot smarter than me to help you understand it. Because I, I don't, I just go, that's what, Paul saw it, I'm not arguing. But what he's getting to is that I can't boast about anything in myself, but I can't help but boast in what Christ has done in me and through me and for me and even in spite of me. In this same God that took Saul and made him Paul, the one who was going out to stomp out the church to become one of the greatest apostles of the church, that same God that worked in him and that changed him and took all of that brokenness and built something on it, that same God is at work in you and taking your brokenness and is gonna build something amazing on it. This is the second Sunday I'm breaking a Lenten rule because in Lent, we're not supposed to say hallelujah. But Art's not here again this week. <laughs> I'll start behaving next week. Maybe sort of, yeah, y'all know me better than that. But when we understand that, and we understand that's what this is about, being brought back to God, I do believe that allows for an alleluia, amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
Hello, my name is Kevin Payne and I'm the senior pastor here at Bluff Park United Methodist Church. Thank you for joining with us in our podcast of our worship celebration, the sermon this past week. I pray that you found it a blessing and that it enriched your life. If you are ever in our area and would like to join with us in person, we are located at 733 Valley Street here in Hoover, Alabama. Our service time is 10 a.m. and we would love to meet you. I pray you have a blessed week and hope to see you soon. Bye now.